Hey everybody, this is Natalie Griffin. Thanks for tuning in here at Naughty Shaman. Ah, it is the season, the season of light, the season of the holidays, the season of all kinds of things are going on right now. We were talking in Dharma Circle yesterday, had such a rich discussion with our community about this season, what it means for different people from different traditions, and how we're viewing giving this year. So we had a long discussion because what's interesting about this time of year is that regardless of the religious background that you may or may not have, um, this is a season of the return of light, whether it's the return of the S-U-N, the birth of the S-O-N, or the fact that the candles stayed lit longest um, during a darkest hour. Your religious traditions are all about this time of the light coming back. The days get longer after December 21st, and it's a magical time of year. Everything in the earth right now is quiet. The trees have dropped all of their leaves. They've completely let go of what is no longer alive in them, and they are regrouping right now, the trees. They are building stronger and deeper root systems, deeper into the earth so that they may grow even taller come the springtime. So with that really precious time right now during the winter to go inward, to go and develop our deep roots and figure out a little bit more about who we are and what we have to offer the world right now. What is our dharma? What is our callings? This is a great season to sit quietly and contemplate, do less, be more. And so we started our discussion with this idea of the return of the sun and giving, you know, giving of our time, giving of our money and what's going on with all the giving this time of year. And I can tell you, you know, I'm old enough to have had a lot of different kinds of Christmases. I have had, you know, the Norman Rockwell Christmas with both parents alive and well and presents under the tree and footy pajamas. And I have had Christmases that were deeply lonely and filled with grief um, as people that I loved passed away. I've had Christmases alone, and I have had Christmases with my family. I've had Christmases married. I've had Christmases divorced. I've had Christmases of all kinds. Some years there was plenty of presents. There were plenty of presents under the tree. And some years it was difficult for me to find the money to make Christmas cards for my loved ones. So... In these different seasons, what I love to remember is that there's no right way to do the holiday. However you're having the holiday, you you might find yourself tucked away in a family that's not maybe your own, maybe a tribe of friends or an in-law set of families where the values might be slightly different and the gift-giving traditions might be filled with mania and insanity in your mind. And what I want to encourage all of us to think about this time of year is that it's perfect. It's just fine to let people be where they are and for you to be where you are. So there's no right way to do these holidays. Um, I've had them in all kinds of different ways, and they come and they go. And they're beautiful teachers, regardless of how they arrive and show up in my life, these holiday times. 
So as we were talking about giving yesterday, I had to share from one of my favorite books, which is, of course, The Art of Loving. And later in this podcast, I am leaving you a list of 11 books that I recommend for gift giving um, or just giving to yourself in your, in your own library. You probably have a lot of them already. But one of my favorite books is The Art of Loving by Eric Fromm. And a good friend of mine gave that book to me and it changed my life. I've read it a number of times now. I think the whole thing is underlined in different pen, different pen colors depending on when I was reading it. So I've really devoured that book. I, I devour the things that I love. It's maybe maybe a good thing, maybe not a good thing, but I do, do, do devour those books. And in that book, and also in one of my other favorite books, Conversations with God um, by Neil Donald Walsh, they reference this idea of giving. And in both books, there are some, some interesting concepts that I want to share with you today before I get to the book list. And, and there are the three concepts. One of them is that wanting begets more wanting, not having. So that's the first thing I'm going to talk about. The other thing is when we choose, that does create having. When we choose it, when we stick a stake in the sand. And then the last thing that we're going to talk about is how giving actually creates abundance and not lack. So this first idea that's in both of these books is that when, you know, we're often on our knees praying, we're like, I want, I want, I want, I wish, I wish, I wish, I want, I want, I want. And what these books suggest is that when we are sending the vibe of wanting out into the universe it creates more wanting. So it boomerangs. Whatever we're putting out into the universe is, is energy, sort of boomerangs around and knocks around in a couple people's lives and then comes right back to us. And so when we're putting out wishing, hoping, wanting, we're saying, in a, in a sense, we do not have. We're fearful of not having. And what comes back to us is the not having. Because what's getting sent out energetically is this fear and this sense of lack. And so what I've noticed in my own prayers and languaging, even when I'm speaking with people, I'm trying to use those words a little bit less. And it's changing my life, truly. So now the, the thing that I'm doing differently is I'm using the second idea that when we choose something, we are actually creating a space for the universe to have it. So for instance, instead of being like, oh, I wish I want that, that man to fall in love with me or that car to come my way. I want enough money in my bank account to buy this present for someone. Or I want enough money to cover my mortgage this week. So instead of the wanting language, if I use the choosing, I'm choosing to love this person. I am choosing to make this money. I am choosing to save this money for the car. I'm choosing to find the money for that Christmas present. It creates a different, more active energy in the universe that then boomerangs back to us into the having of that thing. So the choosing, the putting a stake in the sand lets the universe know that you're serious. I think that for a long time, I was afraid to choose anything because I'm a little bit like that last minute gambler, like, well, maybe something better could come along at the last minute. And I'll tell you, nine times out of 10, that's never true. I would even go so far as to say most of the time, yeah, nine times out of 10 seems like a good average. 
Nine times out of 10, that's not, there's nothing better coming. It's an illusion. That idea that the grass is greener, that over there, that someone else's life is better, that illusion is simply that, an illusion, a delusion that keeps us from fully inhabiting our life here and our choices now. It's a way to stay um, a spiritual infant and not make choices and not stand in our power. So when we do make choices and we do stand in our power and we take that risk of saying, yes, this is the thing, because whenever we choose a yes, it often means there are a couple of no's. No to these other things that are kind of good, but not really what I want. Clarissa Pincola Estes in the book, Women Who Run With the Wolves, talks about this too. She says for, for a woman, and she's talking about women in particular, but for all of us to hold our power, we have to stop going through life as if it's a smorgasbord and things that are offered up to us so we can go down like a buffet line and there's lots of different beautiful things for us to eat. And just like life, there's lots of beautiful things for us right in front of us. And so we choose the best of what we can see. And that's going through life like you're at a buffet. What Clarissa Pincola Este suggests is that instead we step away from the buffet and we ask in our deepest part of ourselves, in our bones, in our soul, What is it I am yearning for at a soul level? What is my soul's desire? What's going to nourish me at a soul level? It might not be on the buffet, but it is available. So when we choose from these more soulful places and we stick a stake in the sand, then the universe is like, oh, got it. That's pretty clear. Why don't I help you bring that into reality? Why don't I help manifest that? into your life because of your clarity. So when we're clear, we make choices. We create the having of the things and the being of the things that we want to be and have. And this last part is about the giving. And I loved this. This absolutely blew my mind when I read it. And in both books, The Art of Loving and The um, Conversations with God, they say it in almost exactly the same way. When we Oh my gosh, there's such a myth about giving and so many people are afraid of giving because what we think is that we're giving something away and therefore we will no longer have it. If you give away your iPod, you will no longer have your iPod. If you give away your car, you will no longer have your car. So we associate this idea of giving with losing. And when we think about the most important things that we give, we know that it's not this, the material things. It's the more emotional things, the spiritual things that we give that create a lasting connection with people and live long and create you know, these definite, beautiful legacies behind us. It's the giving of our time. It's the giving of our attention. It's the giving of our heart, of letting people know how we feel, and of letting people know how we think. Those are the most precious gifts that we can give anybody, is the gift of our full presence, sharing what's in our mind, sharing what's in our heart, sharing our time and and giving of our attention. But because of our experience with giving material things, we sometimes can hoard these more emotional things, and we won't give them. We'll be like very choosy, like, oh, they don't deserve that from me because of X, Y, Z. And and we think of it more like a commodities market instead of just a giving. And what these two authors suggest in their books is that when we give love to someone, whether they deserve it or not, whether they're giving it back or not, when we give love, 
we are sending signals to our body and into our brain that says we have enough love to give. And it changes our biochemistry. It changes our experience of life. So when we are giving time to someone, we are telling ourselves subconsciously that we have time to give and we feel more abundant and often feel happier. When we share uh, a moment with someone and help create happiness, it's that we have happiness to share. When we share joy, it's because we have joy to give. So really, the art of giving for this season to remember is that when you give these emotional things of your time and your energy and your affection, that you are becoming more abundant each time you do that. So it's in the giving that is the getting. There's the gift in the giving for us. So I encourage you to give those things freely and often over the season of giving. Don't be a hoarder of these precious, precious gifts of presence because you will never regret that. You will never regret giving love. You will never regret giving someone time. You'll never regret those things. And when we give them, we remind ourselves how much we have. And then we can step into one of the most powerful things on the planet, which is this idea of gratitude. When we are giving those emotional, beautiful things, we are reminded how much we actually have. It's easy to go into the season thinking of what we don't have, what we wish we had, what we lack. But don't go into the season like that. Go into the season remembering how much you have Be grateful for that $10 in the bank account. Be grateful for that one person who loves you. Be grateful for those moments where you've had opportunity to shine at work. Be grateful for what you have and focus on that because what we give our attention to grows. Grow gratitude this season. All right, I'm ready to share with you the book list. So Let's talk about books. You know, I'm a total dork about books and I spend way too much money. Well, I don't know if you can spend too much money on books, but I do have a big budget for books. So here's the list and it's not in any particular order, but I wanted to share these with you. Um, I'm also going to post it on our Facebook page at the Center for Shamanic Arts. So if you're not on our Facebook page, um, the Naughty Shaman Center for Shamanic Arts, um, I'm going to post these there in case you're like driving around and don't have a pen and paper in your hand. So these are the books that I absolutely have devoured this year and love this year. And the first one is called What to Do with an Idea. This book was given to me by a dear, dear friend in Pittsburgh, Denise, and I just love her. And this book is by Kobe Yamada. It's a children's book, except for it's not for children. You know what I'm talking about? It's one of those books. What to Do with an Idea. Great gift. Great library supplement. The second book, Women Who Run With the Wolves by Dr. Clarissa Pincola Estes. My Bible. I got this book, I think in my twenties and I have devoured it and given it away a number of times. And it is an incredible book. Um, Clarissa Pincola Estes is a Jungian analyst and she talks about bringing the wild archetype back into our lives. The third book, The Art of Loving by Eric Fromm. We were already talking about that today. Another dear friend gave that one to me. Oh, and this one, one of my favorite people on the planet gave me this book. You are a badass at making money. And the book, You Are a Badass. They're both fantastic. I've devoured these books. I've read each of them like three times. Um, Those are by um, Jen Sincero. 
and you'll, it's like a shaman wrote a book about money and it's funny and it's so easy to read. The fifth book is The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. I think probably all of you have that. I think we've all had that book and given it away a number of times. That book is an incredible book that I read at least once every year um, to inspire me to continue my soul's journey. The sixth book, The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. My sweet coach Kelly gave this book to me for the first time, and I've since bought, I think, everybody in Dharma school last year, I bought this book for them because I was so impacted by it in a positive way. Um, the Gifts of Imperfection, whenever I feel a little bit like, ugh, having a shame storm or feeling worthless or having those moments of doubt, I pick that book up and I can read any page in that book and I'm back in the saddle. So that book is a godsend for me. The seventh book on my list is Altered Traits by Daniel Goleman. This will satiate the science geek in you. He is a super science geek. And he takes a look at meditation and the long-term effects on changing traits, moving from skepticism to optimism, from negativity to positivity. I think I might have made up those words, but you know what I'm saying. So he takes a look at the different traits that can change in a human being with the prolonged practice of meditation. He also, which I love, pokes a ton of holes in the current research of meditation out there. He calls BS on most of the, of the research that's out there on meditation right now, which I so appreciate. So Altered Traits by Daniel Goleman. This new book I just bought for myself, I've only read like five pages of it and I am already in love with it. It is called Tribe of Mentors by Tim Ferriss. <clears throat> and so he was just interviewed by Marie Forleo, who's one of my superheroes, and I stalk her on Facebook and all over the place because I love what she's doing in the world. And she just interviewed Tim Ferriss. And if you haven't, um, you can check that out at marieforleo.com. She's got a TV show there, and you can check out that interview with Tim Ferriss. It'll make you want to buy the book because he's delightful, absolutely wise and, and funny and real. And wow, this book is going to be amazing. I can't wait. It's my wintertime book. My summertime book is a bit of fiction. So this is just for the light reading, sitting in a beach chair, enjoying your day. And it is called The Daughter or The Mermaid's Daughter. That's just a little bit of fiction. And I love that book. Another book for you to read is called Daughters of Copper Women. It's written by um, one of the few remaining elders of a tribe out in the Pacific Northwest. And it's all creation stories. Um, from the Pacific Northwest people. So it's called Daughters of Copper Women. All right, I think that's it. Oh my gosh, here's two more. I have so many books to recommend. I just love books. Warrior of Light. It's by Paulo Coelho too. So the guy who wrote The Alchemist also wrote so many other books. But there's this little tiny book called Warrior of Light. Most people don't know about it. It's just like little tiny poems and snapshots into how to be a warrior of light, how to be a luminous warrior here on the planet right now. Totally inspiring. Love it. And then my last book is just a juicy, delightful book of poems, and it's called Love Poems from God. And it's a compilation of 12 different sacred teachers, um, and this compilation was put together by Daniel Ladinsky. So that's a long list because I read a lot of books and I'm getting, I'm gearing up for all my new books for 2018. So this is the 2017 best books list. 
Um, according to Natalie Griffin, these books kept me afloat, kept me motivated, kept me focused on the right things, kept me focused in my heart all year. So hopefully you'll find some juice in these books for you. If you have books that you'd like to recommend to me to read, I will love that. So you can leave a note in the bottom of this podcast or Facebook Facebook us at the Center for Shamanic Arts. And I would love to hear about the books that have changed your life and that keep you afloat because oh, we all need those wise teachers. It's very difficult to do life alone. It's time to gather around with these wise teachers that are in these books to hold hands and, and figure out how to solve some problems here on the planet. It is time, my friends. So go into this season with an attitude of gratitude for what you have. Even if it's just a bit, it's enough. And when we give from that place, we get more. We get more. All right, my loves, enjoy your day. This is Natalie signing off from Naughty Shaman, where we like to keep the sacred a little bit wild and totally real. <laughs>